there's absolutely nothing to worry about in David's personal life or Johnny's personal life. It's Nick's personal life you got to worry about. That's the, that's the fellow you should be concerned about. Send all your love to Nick. Dave and I are fine. Absolutely fine. 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 Do I have to say it again? We're fine. Absolutely perfect. Things are great. <laughs> Swell. Dandy. But we are going to open a food truck and disappear for the entire summer. But everything's great. No worries. Party time. Binge watchers. Excellent. <laughs> Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. close to the mic yeah. too but not too close uh. <laughs> oh you're 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 right it, it is like a classic binge watchers <laughs> caution to the wind found, like i didn't realize miller genuine draft became rare mm. like people because of so many micro brews came up this became a rare beer or, or like they stopped uh, it didn't sell as much, so they don't, they're harder to find now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, find a Pax Blue Ribbon not brewed by the Russians. <laughs> Go find an American one, so you're, you're but, you know, at least two old, two years old and flat would be... Right. Yeah. So I, I found a place here locally that actually had some of these, so I bought a pack, and I'm like, ah, I forgot how easy these are to drink. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not that big into heavy beers. I like light beers. So... Yeah. Holy crap. Dave's really leaning into his moniker tonight, folks. He's so dangerous that he's embracing his country roots. And he's just cracking open a cold one. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, so we watched a Brandon Lee movie. Dave. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I was like, Dave, show down Little Tokyo. And then Dave's response was, what, Dave? But, like, uh, I, I've never seen it. Never saw it. Had you heard that it existed? I did. Know Were you it aware of it? Okay. Um, it's got a couple of great things. You got Dolph Lundgren, not just yeah. Dolph Lundgren, a young Dolph Lundgren. Like now, he looks like grizzled bacon. He doesn't oh, look like that. Is, this is prime Dolph. Now. Yeah, this is like fresh pork loin, right? He, like this he is. Made me question things about myself. I'm just gonna. <laughs> So, that, so we get to the root of the problem. David's cracking open cold ones and, and getting ready to go on a massive uh, um, food truck tour of America because uh, Dolph Lundgren making him question his masculinity. So you gotta go get Yakuza tattoos. Basically, you gotta go out there and get all those Japanese-style I'm-in-a-gang tattoos is what you gotta... Well, head-to-toe, right. basically. And maybe take a shot of steroids in the ass. 
a couple of times. You know, really, really commit to this, and maybe, maybe actually go visit Little Tokyo yourself. But not to get totally lost on a side tangent on just Dolph. It's got Dolph Lundgren, as Dave said, in his prime, grade A beef. Then you got Brandon Lee. Then you got a bunch of pissed off Yakuza assassins. And you actually have a fight sequence in like the Jap- one of those bathing hut situations. Which actually gets revisited in uh, Deadpool 2. Which makes me think they also, you know, Ryan Reynolds and the filmmakers of that movie probably also saw a showdown in Little Tokyo. Right. You know? Um, who's Brandon Lee? Well, he's got a famous last name. His dad's Bruce. But this show's not about Bruce, so we can't get lost in talking about Bruce Lee. Brandon Lee started acting, like, as a kid. But you know what? Do you know what I came across, Dave? Like, just just cruising the internet? Mm-hmm. Like, reading about Bruce Lee, but then I got on the thing about Brandon Lee, and like, have you seen this 16mm footage of Brandon Lee when he's like 18 months old, and he's like doing karate chops and kicks and stuff? Like, he's like fully a kung fu baby. Like, if you're on the playground, and some toddler's giving you shit, you just call baby Brandon Lee, and he just goes in there. You know what I'm saying? He he just takes him out. That two-year-old's fucking your shit up, you just call Brandon Lee in, he goes right in there. You know, you know what I mean? No, it's like, actually like like his kind of ti- like Tiger Woods for him, <laughs> for martial arts. Yeah, it's just it's just like it's literally like a Bruce Lee home movie. Like he's running around his backyard with a sixteen millimeter camera, and there's this fucking kid just like taking out a dummy or whatever. You know, <laughs> you're just like, all right, all right, keeping it real in the Lee family. You know, but um, so he's in Kung Fu. Like the journey continues, right? Like he's supposed to be the son of the original guy in Kung Fu, who's David Carradine, but the thing about kung fu is if you saw the dragon the bruce lee story then it speculates that bruce lee was the like guy who had the original idea for kung fu but then they were like no you get he we can't let you in the show bruce great idea but we can't let you in the show so then uh you know somebody else you know they, they eventually settle on david carradine but then it's just funny it comes back around and then Brandon's playing, like, the next generation of the, the characters in, in the Kung Fu saga. Then, like, um, he's in a knockoff of, like, a James Bond movie called, like, Laser Mission. Yeah, this, I, I I don't think I've ever watched this straight. I think I've only watched the Mystery Science Theater version. Of Laser Mission? Yeah. Because I'm almost, I'm, like, 95% positive Mystery Science Theater did a version of this. Well, I see like a mer- an emerging pattern of movies that were coming out in like 80s and like early 90s, Reagan era type shit. And it was like, you had cars and boobies, you had ninjas and boobies, you had James Bond knockoffs and boobies, or you had, you know, chainsaw killers and boobies. But pretty much you could guarantee two things, like a lot of action and a series of boobies. Dude. I'll- you just described like one of the best movies of that era. That if you've never seen, I'm gonna have have to hook you up with. What's that? Uh, Never too young to die. Holy shit! Have you I seen this? I don't know if I've seen that one. It sounds oh incredible. God, if it's based on the only three now, folks, I want to let you know these were the only three genres that existed from 1980 until 1993. 
He's he's kind of cars right, and boobs. This movie is a James Bond ripoff yeah. with boobies. Yeah, exactly. Cars and boobs, <laughs> James Bond and boobs, and ninjas and boobs. Oh wait, four genres. Because then I said killers, mass killers and boobs. Four genres exist between 1980 and 1983. Nothing oh, else exists. Wait, Nothing one more. else is one more. What's that? John Hughes movie. Oh shit, you're right. So. Because if you do that, then you wipe teenage angst. So, rapist teenage nerds <laughs> and boobies also existed between 1980 and 1983. Okay, maybe subgenre. That's it. No, nothing else was made. Nothing else was made. Okay, nothing else exists. Now moving back on to Brandon Lee, they go, "You're gonna play a detective, but you're the straight man." Okay, Lundgren is gonna be the crazy bastard in this one. This guy can do kung fu with a cup of espresso in his hand. He doesn't drop... Ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't drop the cup. Does not. Fights ten guys. Granted, they're only four foot eleven inches. And unlike (laughs) Japanese anime characters, they don't look that tough. Folks, I'm sorry. Japanese animators, they draw big, giant characters. Live-action Japanese actors... Not as scary in real life. Debate it. Comment on it. I'm throwing it out there. Lundgren beats the shit out of them. Doesn't drop his coffee. Doesn't drop his coffee at all. Then, you know, Brandon Lee shows up to ruin the party. Only thing is, if Lundgren's character, whose name is Kenner, who apparently grew up in Little Tokyo, he knows Japanese-style fighting, has similar tattoos... Which kind of doesn't make sense because the tattoos are specific to, like, the gang members, right? Right. Like, that's how they establish their territory. You know what gang they're in. You just look at their chest and go, oh, yeah. He's a fish guy. Get him with the fish guys. This guy's a dragon guy. Get him over there. Uh, This guy, not exactly sure if that's an octopus or something else. Send him over there. Um, But he has tattoos just like them, and he can sword fight just like them, whatever. But So he's eating what for breakfast? Tofu or something? Like... That's the that's the thing too is like um, you gotta suspend your disbelief in this movie, like you, you can't you like definitely have to yeah you, you can't accept anything at face value because it's just not gonna well, work. <laughs> well, I mean if this if this uh, sets this tone for anybody, I mean this is from the guy who directed Commando, so take mm. that what you will. Think right. think of that like Commando is a great movie, but it is not in, based in reality. You oh. just have to go with it. Except for I would believe a car could go up an escalator. <laughs> Now, back to the movie at hand. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to interrogate a witness. He cracks his own neck. That's right. Let me say I that mean, again. Commit he, he cracks his own neck to kill himself so he can die with honor rather than be interrogated. Cracks his own neck. I mean, that was pretty badass. I didn't expect that. Oh, yeah. Like, just... Because, like, with a sword or something, you kind of have, like, no takesy-backsies. But, like, you can kind of bitch yourself out of choking your... Or, uh, twisting your neck. So, so you find out that dude Kenner, the cop, has some beef with this particular Japanese gang because uh, the, the gang leader killed his mother, who may or may not have been a prostitute in Little Tokyo. Uncertain. Kind of uncertain. Um, he grows up, becomes a cop, stays in that neighborhood. If you want to see Dolph Lundgren speak what looks to be fluent Japanese, this is your movie. Uh, and Brendan Lee, what's funny is like you think he'd be playing like the super cool... Like, this is my turf cop. But no, he's playing, like, the complete, like, uh... He's kind of the nerd. Yeah, he's like the, um... You know, if you're making a move, um... 
He's the Paul Giamatti of police officers in this movie. So, yes. so, so then, uh, you know, he shows up and uh, they go to this nightclub and they're trying to interrogate the Yakuza boss because they know what he just did. They killed some some girl, but they videotaped it. So the cops have evidence, but for some reason they can't figure out what to do with the evidence because instead of just taking the evidence to like a courthouse and processing some kind of paperwork, they decide to let the Yakuza boss know that they have the footage or are aware of the footage's existence, which seems like they're just giving it away. Um, like, then there's a, there's a Paul Rudd moment. Like, Brandon Lee reminds me of Paul Rudd, even though Brandon Lee might be a predecessor to Paul Rudd. I think he started before Paul Rudd, but when he's talking about how they're police officers and these guys shouldn't kill them because of the fact that they're police officers and it's a very awkward situation and he's, like, describing how awkward it is, it was incredible. You know what I'm talking about? Like when they confront the leader at the at the club. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's probably the best scene in the whole movie, actually. But then, like, uh, one... I, don't, I don't know. The finale is pretty great, but we'll get to that. Oh yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of the end of Chinatown, which is a different country in Asia, but the the brawl in Little Tokyo during the parade at the end reminds me of how Chinatown ends with Jack Nicholson. You know, like oh, everything stays in Chinatown. Or like, don't worry about it, Jack, it's just China, or Jake, it's just Chinatown. You could just say like, to these guys, you could just say like, oh, hey, don't worry, new partner, it's just like, this is just like a little Tokyo, don't worry about it, Some <laughs> a guy gets killed with a sword every day here, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, I'm ashamed to admit, I've never seen Chinatown. Oh my god. I know, it's on my list of All like, right. classics I gotta watch. Dave's, Dave's had a hell of a year, people. He's breaking hearts. He's taking ass and kicking names. Yeah, that's right. That's that's in another movie. I forget which one, but that's a movie quote where they they mix up you know kicking ass and and taking names. Um, do you, I don't even remember the movie, but I remember that's the line from the movie. Uh, but literally, I think there's been like literally four movies. This has never happened. Dave and I have been friends for like more than a decade. Like we go way back. All right. Um, not as far as like Blood Brothers and like we just got a nudie mag. Check it out. Not we're not <laughs> like we're not talking about like eleven years old. Well, I, you know, well, you oh, know, college. Yeah, college. So uh, so, uh, but then like lately, there's been a handful of movies where like I'm just like shocked that David hasn't seen him. Like, you know. Well, there there's there's you know we all have blind spots. Like there's just shit I've never gotten to or missed out. I mean, uh, fuck. Uh, not that I'm trying to plug them, but like Pluto TV, fucking love it. I, mm. I just that's the, my go-to when I don't know what I want to watch. I just go on there. Uh, okay. Oh uh, wait. Oh yeah, the app. For some reason, I'm thinking about um, the Pluto movie with oh, what is it? Pluto Nash. I was thinking oh, about yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that's no, funny. The, the... I don't associate the word Pluto with the actual planet, or uh or or the pluto app like you do i, I immediately think of uh, eddie murphy and pluto nash it's kind of <laughs> funny um but yeah pluto is a super incredible like if you're looking for all the old gi joes if you're looking for all the old transformers like pluto has no wait I'm th i think i'm talking about tubi now sorry well, tubi's also great but uh well, dude, they upped their game because they got a bunch of, like, uh, Nickelodeon, MTV, and Comedy Central content. Whoa. So, like, they have, like, old episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Doug. Well, what um, I do like about Pluto TV, what they got on everybody is 
they have a 24-7 horror channel. And like the other day, I think when Dave first introduced me to this app, and it's, oh, it sounds like we're suddenly doing a commercial, like, hey, have you downloaded, have you downloaded Pluto? Like, uh, Dave told me about it, and I went on there, and like that was the first thing I saw, was like they were doing a marathon of like the first three Hellraiser movies, and I was like, oh my god. It's a binge watcher's wet dream. It's like, okay, I'm going to stay up now to the crack of dawn and like watch the first three Hellraiser movies. Speaking of which, I get to mention the fact that they hired David S. Goyer to revamp a Hellraiser movie. I don't know if you saw that story. Hellraiser's yeah. coming back in a hopefully a big way. But he did fuck up Dracula in the third Blade movie, so who knows. Maybe he won't do so well. But it, I'm very excited for a mainstream, uh, big-budget Hellraiser sequel. So let's let's see. Or moderately priced, moderately moderately budgeted Hellraiser movie because I I don't think any of those movies have had a very big budget. They the first two were like independent Super and then independent. Yeah. and then Dimension tried to franchise the shit out of everything and that was one of the titles they picked up and they fucking ruined it. But although whatever. you know what, I got a soft spot for Hellra Hellraiser three just because I think that was the very Hell first on one I saw. Hell on Earth, baby. Yeah, dude, it's it's cheesy as shit. It's, it, it doesn't hold a candle to number one, mm. but I like it for its own merits. <laughs> I don't know if there's any boobies in that, but I, it sounds like oh, it falls is. into the horror and booby uh, genre. Ninety percent positive. That yeah. Um, Brandon Lee movies. Binge okay. now. Binge later. Binge never. Um, Big Trouble, or excuse me, <laughs> Big Trouble. <excuse> me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo is an absolute binge now. Um, mm. I never saw it until this last week and i i might it might be a movie i throw into the rotation once in a while because it is like i said it's from the guy who did commando so well well we didn't talk about the finale if you want to go over that real quick um um (laughs) or should we no 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 maybe i take that back no let people discover it for themselves right absolutely for the genre that it's in i will say it's uh it's a cut above the rest you know both figuratively and literally (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm amazed at like how much fun I had with it, and it's got like great one-liners. Like the one that stuck in my head is like, "All right, we're gonna," and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, "All right, we're gonna go take down the bad guys, and then we're gonna go, we're gonna go eat fish off those naked chicks." Oh yeah, and I was <laughs> or, like, "Oh, I couldn't believe back then that, they, that that was a big deal. It's a big deal now, you know, that body on right. body sushi." But um, but also, this, guy, this has got a lot of great one-liners. Well. And how about that that dreamy nighttime awkward one liner where, um, <laughs> literally Brandon Lee's character is watching Dolph Lundgren's character take a bath in his little homemade hot tub inside of his, his little lakeside cabin there, and then uh, he goes, uh, he basically uh, he just straight up tells him, and it comes out of nowhere, left field, like there's no antecedent or anything. He just literally says, "You have the biggest penis I've ever seen on a man." And you're like, all right, uh, should we go fight these ninjas that are kicking in our window? Or like, do we want to do we want to keep this going a little bit longer? Or like, uh, where are you going with this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I don't, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I read on um, IMDb under the trivia, they said something like, oh, the original line was, uh, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a white man. But they thought, thought white man was too much, so they just put it as, you've got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Like, making well, that much of a difference. Well, look, based on the magenta-style coordinate, like, the magenta suit that Brandon Lee's character is wearing, how coordinated he is, it, you almost wonder if they were implying something about his character, but they just didn't have the balls to come out and say it. 
and then they just, then they just wrote it in a very stereotypical way. I also heard there's like four cuts of this movie. Like there's a cut that's actually over a hundred minutes long. There's an eight, a ninety minute movie that mm-hmm. the, the director did, and then the studio cut it to seventy nine minutes. And like Dave, Dave and I were talking about the luxury of knowing when to cut a movie and how to edit things properly. Like Walter Murch was an incredible editor, and he never wasted a single frame. Like oh. if you want to learn how to be an editor, read his fucking book. Because um, I don't even know if he's still alive. I hope he is. He might have died, but he like started early enough in the industry that he was cutting some really cool shit. And uh, he's a great editor, and he talks about editing with the eye and, like, making edit decision lists. And, like, now, like, literally to justify these billion-dollar budgets and the money they want to charge you for these movies that are coming out, they think you're going to sit through a three-hour movie that has... It's 180 minutes long, the average blockbuster now. It only has about 95 minutes of story. That's it. So... To have the idea that you can kill your, like, get rid of all that extra crap. Like, there's no, that like, it, it kind of does move too fast. Like, there are definitely story points in this movie that you can't catch. Because it's literally, there's no breathing space between any of the frames on film. Like, they go cut, 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 cut. If you're talking about a pattern of, of like, of the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Rather than cut, pause, cut, pause cut pause but now that it's modern style movie is like this pause 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 maybe we'll cut now we're not gonna cut yet oh, okay now we'll cut oh, oh by the way i'm not gonna cut now okay uh, uh uh now we'll cut see like um and maybe it's people because people can't make decisions i don't know or they're or there's so much red tape between the filmmakers and the studio they're working for and the agenda of the corporation paying for the movie that nobody knows how to edit a fucking movie. You well, know I, what I mean? I don't get I it. I think another another <clears throat> thing that um, bothers me, or at least I don't see much anymore, is it seems like uh, everything just feels like coverage. Like, nothing feels like they're making choices anymore. Oh, yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, like... I mean, uh... like, think of, like, the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, okay, maybe I'm just sounding like an old man because that was, like, when I was younger, but... Like, uh, if you watch something from that era, you see, like, in uh, a lot of, even, like, mainstream movies, very distinct style of editing. Like, uh, uh, you know, you know. okay, I'm not, he's not my favorite guy, but, like, even Michael Bay movies has, like, a certain tone or a rhythm to them. Uh, so you're uh, saying, like, technique has gone out the window, like? Um, I, well, maybe, I think I'm actually kind of making the opposite. I, I think it's gotten too, well... I mean, Maybe it's, it's uniform. Maybe everybody's technique is the that's same. The word, that's the perfect yeah. word for it is uniform. Like yeah, they, you can plug in any director the formula, anywhere. Yeah. They think they've knocked out the formula, so just go by this. Right. That's too bad. Uh, it used to know, be like genres applied like formulas, but you still had room you know, to make your own decisions. But Right. Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, everything just feels very basic now. All right. Well, swinging back around to Brandon Lee, it was a great way to open the door to talk about uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, and Lundgren, for that matter. Um, and Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera's in this movie, and I didn't even mention that. She plays the main uh, female lead, who also makes right. poor choices, because she jumps into bed with that cop, like, without without even, like... And actually, after being, like, horribly abused, she immediately jumps in bed with somebody else. So I, she's making poor choices all around, but right. you she know, she gets like naked in him in front of him right away. Like, oh, look away! Like, uh, it, why? You, you don't have to get in the hot tub naked or at all if you don't want to Google that. She she knew what she was doing. 
She will. Oh, oh to, <laughs> Tia Carrera is known when she's doing her whole career. Don't don't even que- don't even question her decision making. <laughs> she's in Wayne's World for God's sakes. You know, you know what I mean. So right. let's oh, let's man. leave it at that. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, we have to finish the binge now, binge later, binge never. So we decided binge now showed on Little Tokyo. Yeah, um, it's a definite binge now for me. Yeah, and I'm conflicted. Like, uh, I would say you have to binge The Crow because that's like that's top tier Brandon Lee, and we don't know what comes after that because he didn't get another chance. I mean, you know, Google it, folks. It's tragic. I'm not gonna talk. I'm the one. I don't want to bring us there. Celebrate Brandon Lee. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to go to a dark place about Brandon Lee. Uh, okay, so I say binge now. The Crow, binge later. Showdown in Little Tokyo, binge never is probably rapid fire for me. That movie to me is super disappointing. Really? Oh, well, I haven't seen it. So but it's because know. I came off of Showdown in Little Tokyo. I was looking for more Brandon Lee movies. Came across Rapid Fire. And I was like, "Oh man, come on!" But I think Powers Booth is in there. It's like the slappy say, sidekick cop. Powers Booth make up for it? <sighs> Doesn't make up for it. He just is there, kind of a you know, kind of part of the scenery, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's always such a great heavy, though. Yeah. You know what? I'm just gonna call it. the episode's not even done running, folks. And I think this was a great fucking podcast. <laughs> you know, and I actually usually say, I usually say, "Oh, go listen to somebody else," and then maybe you come back around to us. No. You subscribe to us, you listen to us, you comment on us. If you're on CastBox FM, you can actually comment right on the podcast itself. People can see that. You can subscribe anywhere. Well, it's literally available on every single podcast server, even ones that aren't even that I don't even know of yet. It, it's there because I'm just pulling it from wherever wherever it lives. You know, I find it in these random places on the internet. I'm like, oh shit, there's our podcast. We've been around a while, folks. We're kind of like the old dogs on the, bro- the block now. You know, okay. We don't, we don't, we don't, uh, you know, have to crack open our phones and, and be force-fed information about movies. We make our own decisions here. So if you want to hear some real shit, you, you download a Binge Watchers, all right? That, that's how it goes. And then if you like Facebook and Instagram and all that crap, we're there too, you know? We're usually showing you cans of sodas that we're drinking, you know, typical things. What else are you going to look at? Naked Girls? Go watch Showdown in Little Tokyo. I, I don't know how to help you, I just... I feel like, you know, young man, I can't entertain you anymore. You know? <laughs> what do you need from me? What do you need? Yeah, what do you, what do you want? What do you want from us, all right? Jeez. You want free toys? Then you got to leave us a review. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Otherwise, they're just going to sit in my closet. And then I think, I think eventually I'll technically own them. Because possession is nine-tenths of the law. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think you have the receipt, so chances are. Ah, yeah, but who wants to return something to Amazon like four or five months later? You know? Uh, oh, did you see... Well, have you seen Endgame? I, know, I wasn't going to spoil no. it on the podcast, but have you seen it? No, not yet. Okay, spoiler alert, folks. We're at the end of the episode anyway. It goes for 26 minutes. We're about we're seconds over right now. There's a Fat Thor in it. And now Fat Thor is a pop vinyl. Like, I gotta buy, that's like a buy two. Open one, don't open the other. The pops that I was tracking are now, like, twice as much already. Like, wow. so, um, I gotta get on that one. That one's only 11 bucks, but if I don't get on that, I'm screwed. The ones from the Dumbo movie doubled in price. Um, what, I was, I was tracking <laughs> another one. It might have been the Alien 40th anniversary ones, 
Those shot up in price. Oh, Braveheart. I was going to buy Braveheart six months ago, $9. Braveheart now is 50 bucks. Damn. Yeah. So once they start producing, once they're out of their run, like that's when they, you got to buy it from like a secondary seller or something. You know what I mean? It's like, then you're screwed. I have like, I have like two out of print or uh, expensive ones. Uh, mm. Just by compared to what I paid for him, one is I've got Leatherface, which is out of print for some reason. Yeah, and I he goes the last I checked, he goes for forty five. I got him for fifteen. To be honest, with you, like Leatherface has dropped off the face of the earth as being like the horror movie go to, you know. Well, because, dude, I, I leave it to you. I mean, um, I think Leatherface is one of those movies that had like an amazing, amazing original movie, and then just kept dropping off with each sequel. So, its legacy keeps getting tarnished by more and more sequels. 